Guess what I'm preaching on today? Somebody shout self-control. Self-control, the inner battle. Anybody like lemons? Anybody like lemons? You like lemons? Really? There you go. There you go. Good catch. Make sure you put some antibacterial something on that. I, I don't know. I've got one more. Anybody else? Anybody over here like one? There you go. Look at me. Okay, you can have this one when I'm done. All right, so I'm out of lemons. So uh, self-control is the lemon of the fruits of the Spirit. <laughs> all right. How many would just like to cut one of these open and eat it right now? You are crazy people. All right, you're just crazy. You're nuts. Somebody pray for them right now. All right, now, if everyone would help me, look at somebody nearby you, look down the row or across, and show the face that you would have if you were forced to bite into a lemon immediately, okay? What would that be? There you go. Something like this. All right? Come on, let's do it. Come on, all together. All right? So, here's the deal with lemons. The lemon, the, a lemon will change your face. Lemon will change your face. Uh, you think it won't? You could try to fake everybody out, bite into a lemon, see what happens. You could try to keep a straight face, even if you think it's tasty, or you really, you know, you get a, you know, some kind of rush from eating a lemon. It will challenge you to not do what you want to do. Now, there's some other great things about lemons, too. Where my, where the ladies wave at me. Every lady in the room wave at me. Would you do that? Happy Mother's Day to all of you. Okay, happy Mother's Day. You might say, Pastor, I ain't had any babies yet. Okay, but you can also have spiritual babies. Okay, you can have them. Uh, my wife has so many spiritual kids. My goodness, and some of you do. Uh, you, you, we got so many people calling us mom and pop, and I'm not even that old, in my own opinion. Uh, so... Uh, spiritual children are important. And even if you have kids, you want those to be your spiritual kids, right? If you have them in the flesh. But as you continue to minister and take care of others, you will see others that will grow in the Lord Jesus. So happy Mother's Day. Shout out. Happy Mother's Day. Everybody, happy Mother's Day. So some of these ladies might also know what else you can do with a lemon. You can clean stuff with it. All right? It will actually get stains off of things. All right, if you run out of toilet bowl cleaner, lemons, just put it in your hand, stick it down. No, don't do that. I mean, you, you, make a, you make some kind of concoction with water and salt or something like that, and you can use it to clean your toilet, all right? Or you can do what we would do, go to the store and get some more toilet bowl cleaner. But in a pinch, uh, it will help, all right? You can clean things. You can... Uh, how many knew this already? Who knew this already besides me, okay? So I thought I knew it, and then I Googled it and found out I was right. So there. Uh, but here's what I want to talk to you about. I want to tell you about the cleansing, uh, face-transforming uh, power of self-control. I'm telling you that, that something needs to happen in your life did you want this lemon, sweetie? Did you want this? Okay, here. Can you catch it? Okay, if, yeah, I threw it over there. There we go. Okay, all right. I, I, just, I just knew I was going to hit somebody in the face with that. Here, here's the thing about, about life. Uh, there is a struggle that we have on the inside. 
Have you ever been to that place in your life where you felt like you were out of control? That's going to be a lot of folks. And, and, you know, we all have had the sense before that if we had, what would be different in your life if you had self-control in certain areas? Now, I'm not, I'm not talking to anybody personally right now. I'm not, this doesn't apply to anybody except the people down the row, okay, from you. If you had self-control, how many would have more money saved right now? If you had self-control, how many would be in better physical shape right now? If you had better self-control, don't lift your hand on this one. How many would have better relationships if you had a little self-control? How many would maybe graduate if you had self-control, right? How, what's that? Got your hand up? Look, I got, I got all kinds of honest folk in the house today. So how many have ever felt you wanted to be truly happy, but you weren't happy if you had self-control? Now, when I say that, when I'm discussing that with you, listen carefully and, and, I, and, then, and, and catch this. How many have ever been tested in your self-control with the game Simon Says? Simon Says, raise your hand. Simon Says, put your hand down. Simon Says, raise your hand. Simon Says, put your other hand up. Put your other hand down. Okay, you're out. You're out. Okay, so. Are you still in? You still playing? Okay. Here's, here's the thing about Simon Says. The problem with Simon Says is that it's a simple win. If, rather than just lifting up your hand, you will listen carefully, then stop and think before you act. But somehow you got in, the, in your brain that you had to lift your hand up before somebody else, and you're not. The, the greatest competition you have going on is between your self your inner nature, and the work of the Holy Spirit. Do you hear me? God wants to do something in your life. He'd like to help you in different areas of your life. We are so certain that if we just follow our inner voice, we will always make the right choices. And some smart aleck comes by and says, honey, you just need to follow your heart. Stop! Stop. How many followed your heart and got into a mess? Anybody ever done that before? Following your heart. Have you ever read the word of God, what it says about following your heart? That your heart is evil? Say, not my heart. Yes, it is. It can be evil. If you just follow the, your heart, you can make bad choices. What the Holy Spirit wants to do is come in and change your heart, that your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions will be lined up with what God wants you to do and lined up with the way that you can live a good and a godly and a righteous and a beautiful life. See, there is a battle that is raging on the inside of all of us. Anybody experience that? In Galatians chapter 5, verse 24, the Bible reads this way. Those who belong to Christ have nailed their natural evil desires to his cross and crucified them there. If we are living now by the Holy Spirit's power, let us follow the Holy Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. And I love the way that reads because it kind of tells our story. Uh, you gave your life to Jesus. Any, any saved folks in the house? Anybody ever gave your life to Jesus? I'm looking because I'm going to have a big altar call, it looks like. You gave your life to Jesus, and then you realized there were some things that weren't dead. 
And so you had to take those things and you had to crucify them because the understanding of the cross helps you to understand that, that Jesus went to the cross so that your sins could be put to death. He took your sin upon himself when he went to the cross. And then he says, this is what you do. All of those sins that I died for that are trying to control you, now take them. By grace, you have the privilege of going to the cross and laying them down. He will forgive you and give you power over your sin. God is good. So that happens. So what are you doing when you're coming to Jesus? Now you are in the business of crucifying self, crucifying sin. And then he says, if we are living now, read that last part with me. If we are living now by the Holy Spirit's power. How are we supposed to be living now? You guys are theologians. We are supposed to be living by the Holy Spirit's power. If that's the way we're living, let us follow Holy Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. There was a movie, uh, some of you probably watched, came out in the early 90s with Bette Midler called Hocus Pocus. How many have ever watched that? Look at all you guys watch that movie. So there's this, I, did you ever watch movies and it's like the Holy Spirit teaches you stuff? So when I watched it, Years ago, it was that moment right in the middle of the movie where Bette and her ungodly sisters come out, and they start singing this song, I put a spell on you, because you are mine. Anybody know that song? And they're singing, and as they sing, everybody comes out, and it's like the whole city is dancing, and they are completely out of control. They are just dancing and dancing, and it, and it releases these godless sisters to do the deeds that they want to do because these people are no longer paying attention because they are under a spell. And I, I, I kind of have an idea of who did it, but it seems like our whole world is under a spell right now. It seems like they're all dancing, and who put it on them? I, it's, it's like the enemy. Somebody is speaking somewhere and telling them that things which are not godly are godly. And they're just hearing it, and they're speaking. In fact, if you open up your mouth and you say, no, these things are incorrect according to God's word, they'll look at you and say, who do you think you are? Why are you being too religious? Why are you judging me and all of that? When really what's going on is you're speaking the truth truth, but they can't get out of the dance that they're in. They're going round and round until they'll just dance themselves to death. Yeah, I am that preacher. I will tell you the truth because we can't get caught up in the spell that this world is in. You see, there is a spiritual war that is going on in each of us, and the war is for control of your soul. The war is also for control of your life, and we can evaluate this by noticing how regularly we surrender to our sinful nature. That's what self-control is really speaking of. Who is in control on the inside, our sinful nature or the Holy Spirit? Now, in the... Uh, in the teaching uh, today, we see this word uh, self-control, and it really comes from one Greek word. Uh, and if I can pronounce it right, it's incredence, incredus. And in, the E-N means in, inside, and then the kratos is, is the word for strength. So 
so it, it, is, it came out in different translations as self-control. It's also been translated as modesty, uh, but, but it really means power. So we could say instead of self-control, we could say self-power. So what's, what is your self-power accomplishing for you? Now, there are other words that are used in English that use that same Greek background. There's a word you might have heard, democracy. Do you know what democracy means? The power of people. People power. Have you heard the word theocracy? That is God's power, the power of God. So if a government was a theocracy, then they would be calling upon God. And they would say, God is in charge of our nation. Now, in our nation, we say we're one nation under God when we have an explosion. But after that, we say, just whatever you want is your God. You know, just, it doesn't really matter. How many believe God is going to have to do a miracle in our, in our world? Anybody believe that? He needs to do a miracle. So this word means power from within. So what I want, I want you to catch today is I want you today to experience power on the inside. I want you to have an inside victory. Is there anyone here that's tired of losing the battle on the inside? Anybody feeling sometimes like your emotions are running the show, feeling manipulated by others, even manipulated by your own hormones? I'm not just talking to teenagers right now, all right? I believe we need a transfer of power on the inside because all of these fruits of the Spirit, all of them, the truth is, is that all of these fruits of the Spirit will begin to show up when Holy Spirit is in control. All the love, all the joy, all the peace, all that gentleness, all that long-suffering will show up. And the truth is, your best life is one which is under the control of the Holy Spirit, but we're so messed up when it comes to this discussion, we're struggling. Listen, the Holy Spirit is real. Can I throw that at you? Holy Spirit is real. It's not like someone you feel on occasion. Holy Spirit is real, and he will change you on the inside. You got to stop this hokey pokey thing we're doing all the time. You know, it's like put my right foot in, take my right foot out, you know, serving Jesus right now, I ain't serving Jesus right now. You know, that's put my right and then the whole self in because you made me mad i'm gonna be in your face a whole self out because i don't know i just getting tired of slapping you or something i I don't know just this hokey pokey how many have ever done that we're serving god for a minute and then sunday's over and it's monday you know and god wants to change that how can he change that you must surrender yourself to the direction, leadership, indwelling of Holy Spirit. Your best life will be the one controlled by the Holy Spirit. Everybody, anybody ever heard that? I'm living my best life. My next question is, really, you've had an experience with God? No, I got a promotion. Okay. Jesus said, I tell you the truth, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the counselor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. That was Jesus is saying, when I die, I'm going to go, and I'm going to pray the Father and send uh, a, a, the counselor. And they understood this as Holy Spirit. I love that Jesus uses the term counselor. Where are my counselors today? Got any counselors in the house? Counselors? Okay. 
Uh, they'll be in the parking lot after church if you need some free services. Just never mind. So, <laughs> Counselors are all right. Amen? Yeah. But the cool thing about these guys is you take the skills that they have, and then they invite the Holy Spirit into it, and it just keeps on getting better. Anybody ever, could anybody say this? You could just think it if you want. I need some help. Anybody feel like you need help? Anybody? You ever felt that way? I need help. I need a counselor. These are all the words that this is every day. Counselor, I need uh, comforter, helper, advocate, assistance. All, all of these words are translated out of that same word paraclete where we get the word uh, where we get the, the term Holy Spirit, counselor, comforter, helper, advocate. In John 16 and 12, Jesus went on to say, I have much more to say to you, more than you can bear. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, read this la last with me, read it. He will say it. He will guide you into all truth. All right, now let me give you another word study. All means all. All right, do a word study. All truth. You need some truth? Holy Spirit has that. That means he is going to win the battle on the inside. You might not have so many of those heart wounds and soul ties. Anybody know what I'm talking about when I say a heart wound? Anybody? If anybody knows what I'm talking about, a heart wound. Okay, here's an illustration, okay? Have you ever known somebody that was, an, was struggled with enslavement in their life? A drunk. Anybody been a drunk before? Where are my drunks at in the house, all right? So you, you want to tell them you need to stop drinking, but they can't. You know why they can't? Because they're not drinking because they want to drink. They have to deal with what's going on on the inside. Let me ask you another question. Anybody ever been abandoned before? Anybody have a heart wound from abandonment? Maybe it was a father or a mother or somebody that said that they would love you. Anybody as a child, perhaps your family busted up and, and was broken. Let, let me ask this. Is there anyone that was ever abused in your life? You know, it was weird for my life. I've told you this story before. I didn't learn this truth about myself until I was, I was pastoring this church. And of course, I've pastored this church for a long, long time. But in the early days of my pastoral ministry, I had the revelation by the Holy Spirit that what had happened to me as a boy was sexual abuse. And I had lived my grown-up life all the way until I was, you know, 29 years old, and I never looked at what had taken place in my life as what it really was. And then Holy Spirit showed me that it was negatively impacting my life. I'm a full-grown, spirit-filled preacher, and I've got a heart wound that is still dealing with my life that I haven't even thought about. And the Holy Spirit took a moment and whispered into my heart and said, I want to come inside of you and change some things. Some of your thinking, some of your attitude, I want to change some things. But in order to do it, I need to go into your heart and reveal some stuff inside of you that will allow me to live in an area that has been broken all of your life. Some people, I, it's Mother's Day, Pastor. Don't talk about that. Come on. I, I, Mama just said talk about it. Did you hear what I'm saying? 
Some of you are in this room and you say, I don't need help. And yes, you do need help. And you say, well, no, the best thing to do is not think about it anymore. Not thinking about it don't cause you not to think about it. And it also doesn't heal those wounds that are inside of you. I need a counselor. I need a comforter. I need a helper. I need an advocate. I need assistance. And that's who Holy Spirit is. Some people say, well, I got saved. When you got saved, it wasn't that you made a religious announcement. I believe in Jesus. You raised your hand. I think all of those things are good, but he saved you in order to indwell you. Anybody ever heard of being born again? And then the question of the disciple was, how do we get born again? Do I go back into my mother's womb? No, that which is flesh is flesh, but that which is spirit is spirit. So he wants you to be born again so that you can become spirit. So you, 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 might not, you might not think you know, but so many people have heart wounds. And the enemy leverages those things. So when I say your best life is controlled by the spirit, I want you to also know that the Holy Spirit wants to help you win your battle with your addictions. The Holy Spirit will lead you out of your addiction. You need to say that to somebody. The Holy Spirit will What? Who will lead you out? Holy Spirit will. For you were, once, you were once darkness, but now you are in the Lord. Live as children of the light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitful deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. Now, I want you to look at Ephesians 5 and 18 as well. Look at verse 18. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay? Let me try this. All right. If you're here today and you're struggling with an addiction, I want you to stop right now. All right? See, that didn't do anything for you, did it? Oh, I need you to stop right now. Okay. No, what we need to do is we need to replace that broken heart with a new spirit. Can I get an amen from someone? Some of you may be walking through this and trying to deal with it, and you might have even argued and debated and told people, I don't have a problem. How many have ever said, I have a problem, but you really had a problem? Anybody ever done that? Amen? So, you know, I've been blessed in my life. I've never drunk. I don't drink. I haven't smoked anything. Uh, Doesn't make me better than anyone else. And just in case you did not know, just because... People are saying it's legal now. Don't mean you need to go out and buy some. Because just because things are legal in the government don't mean they are right according to God's word. All right? So I'll just go ahead and jump out on a limb. You stop smoking your pot. See, and now that's kind of weird because preachers do that all the time. You need to stop doing that right now. And while I'm telling you that, what I need you to hear even more than that is we need to go back to the root of your addiction. Right? I'm not, I don't want to just frustrate you. I want to go back to the root of it. I want you to deal with what's really going on. You see, this is not about wine. Don't get drunk on wine. It's, it is about exposing those fruitless things that are happening in your life. Because life will hit you over and over. And what we really need more than anything else is the Spirit of God. 
your struggle, your addiction, your intoxication, whatever it is, whatever it is, probably what you're trying to do more than anything is escape the pain. Don't be filled with more debauchery. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. AA knows this. Only the true higher power can break the cycle. Praise God. Can I tell you one of the ways Holy Spirit's going to help you? You ready for this? All right. Uh, How many in this room have ever struggled with a deep heart wound? Okay, that's good. Okay, put your hands down. Okay, now many of you just don't know it. All right, now hear me. Okay, that hand lift was a step in the direction of something we call confession. Say it, confession. Wow, that is such a thick word. Again, the Lord wants to help you with your struggles, and He wants to help you, but ultimately, your confession will perpetuate a relationship with God and the removal of your shame because our addictions are designed to make us feel as though we don't have shame even though we live with it every day. Confession. Say it again. Confession. I'll I'll bring altar workers down here, and we'll stand them here, and you'll come up, and and they'll say, what can I pray for you for? And you say, I just don't know. And then we're going to say, sure you do. (laughs) What do you think it might be? I just don't know. Well, let's pray about that. Some people don't want to have prayer. You don't want anybody who's really spiritual to pray with you because if they do, you might end up needing to confess some of the stuff that's going on in your life. Now, don't be afraid. How many know God loves you? Anybody know that? Now, let me tell you something. There is nothing you can tell me about yourself that will cause me not to love you. God already loves you and all the mess that you're in, so you can confess. In fact, out of your confession, you will end up losing the sin. And the wound will begin to be healed. Because your sin is not just wrongdoing. Your sin is the wound of your heart. Preach, Pastor Rick. Confession. All right. It's Mother's Day. The kids got to meet you out front. So let me talk about my own mom. All right. How many know? Anybody know I had a mama? Anybody know she's still my mom even though she's with heaven? And you know if I start talking, I'll end up crying. Of course, you know I never cry. Forgive me, Jesus. Forgive me for saying that. I'd first of all like to uh, let you know that my mother did not do everything perfect. The one thing she taught me, did not teach me, she never taught me to clean my room. She never taught me that. My wife taught me to clean my room. (laughs) Because about, you know, it's getting close to 40 years now we've been married, but when, when we moved in and I left my stuff where I thought if I left them, they would magically be washed and appear back in my closet. She didn't pick it up. And I wondered why she didn't pick it up. And she explained to me that it wasn't her job to pick all that up. 
She didn't mind doing the laundry. Got any guys in the room? Any, any men in the room? Any men in the room that ever do laundry? Anybody? Where are you? God bless you. I, I did laundry like four or five times in the last 40 years, and I'd like to just be recognized, but... Anyway, no, mom, mom just, you know, when mom died, poor dad, he had to get married within a year because he didn't even know how to fold his own underwear because mama always took care of everybody, but she didn't teach me. However, <clears throat> if you know, my mother is a hero for me in so many ways, so many incredible ways. One of the reasons is uh, uh, my mother dealt with her own shame. And one of the places that she dealt with, and you've, some of you have heard me tell this story about when I was a little boy, I was burned very severely. Uh, Mom was cooking, and she had this big bowl of gravy. We lived in an upstairs apartment, and it was on a hot plate. And I was being ornery little Ricky, and I was banging the cabinet uh, door, and I jarred the whole hot plate off the cabinet, and it was full of gravy that was boiling, and it hit me in the top of the head and, and flooded my face. So not somebody said, Pastor, you've told me that story 150 times. Get used to it. Uh, and, but here's some of what you might not know is that my mother grabbed me, screamed, wrapped me in a blanket, and started running downstairs. She tripped and fell on her way down the stairs. My dad found her sitting at the foot of the stairs, crying, trying to... See, there you go. And trying to remove the gravy from my face, but when she did, the skin would wipe off with it. My mother was in shock, and all she knew to do was pray, but she also had guilt because that was her stove. That was her cooking. I was her child. She felt like she was supposed to protect me, and she felt like she had failed me. You see, all the wounds that you think about are not always just those out in the open wounds. You know, some of them are secret because the enemy will use those things that were just accidents, just those moments, and he will leverage them against you, and you will feel fault in yourself, and you will feel fear over that. So mama told me that, that after this happened, she was in such distress, and the Holy Spirit gave her a vision. And she said that Holy Spirit... Gave her a vision, and in the vision, she saw Jesus hanging on the cross. And he looked down upon her and said, as he did to his own mother, woman, behold your son. Woman, behold your son. And out of that moment, she realized that Jesus knew the anxiety that she was going through. And she took her anxiety and she delivered it over to the Lord Jesus. And it was out of that that she was able to breathe and minister to me. And five days later, after prayer, the burn literally fell off of my face. And that's why I have the face that I have today. is because the Lord healed me. But it was out of that wound. It was out of that deep deep, dark wound. You see, it wasn't just that my, I could have lived with a scar upon my face, but not a scar upon my heart. Jesus. Somehow I think it was more than that that day though, because my mother had other wounds that she had not really spoken of. My mother had, was abandoned as a child by her father. Uh, he was a drunk he was abusive. My mother uh, lived incredibly poor, just massively poor. I mean, 
just, you know, just dirt poor up in the hills of Kentucky is where she grew up. And so she had some issues out of that growing. Am I making sense to anybody? How that just your upbringing, just where you came from, some of that, she had all of this. So I also believe if my mother was alive, I would ask her about it. I believe that there was abuse she never told me about. She told me some stories that made me to believe that mama had some abuse because of things that her father had done. Told me some stories that I won't go into right now. But one day, when I was a very young boy, my two older brothers and I were at home, and her father, who had abused her, came to the door, knocked on the door, and mom opened the door, and he looked at her, and he said, Mary, I want to see my grandsons. And mom stood in front of him and said, no. You can't come in this house. She stood like a warrior that day and said, I'll not let the wounds of my past be passed down to my children. And yes, later in life, she reconciled and prayed with him. Yes, she did. But on that day, she realized that her wounds had to be stopped. They had to be made well. Mama, am I talking to you right now? I don't know who did what in your life. But God bless you for standing up to the devil today and saying, No, you'll not come into this house. I'm making a stand. I'm going to be well. I'm going to be whole. And my children and my children's children will be married and be whole. Jesus. I knew I wouldn't get emotional with that. I knew, but I was wrong. I... Jesus. Who said that? Thanks, Pat. Jesus. My mama did one other great thing for me, and that is when I was sitting right about where you are, Mo, one Sunday in church. I felt Holy Spirit touch me for the first time that I remembered. And I laid my head down in my hands and I began to weep. And my mother had, she had the discernment to look over at me and said, Ricky, do you need to give your life to Jesus? She took me by the hand and led me to the very front. And that's where I knelt one Sunday at five years old and surrendered my life over to the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, you don't have to be a mama to be a hero. But all of us need to be changed from the inside out. And yes, I had wounds that happened afterwards, but I promise you this. I tell you this from my heart. The Lord is doing battle for your soul right now. While I'm preaching to you right now, the Lord is doing battle. And you say, my life is out of control. Holy Spirit says, yes, I've known that for a long time. In fact, that's the reason that I spoke that into your heart a long time ago. Wouldn't today, this Mother's Day in the middle of May 2021, wouldn't it be a good day to tell the devil he can't come in and allow Holy Spirit to take control of the deep places of your life? Are you a little tired of living this? The same way year after year after year. The same addiction struggling you. The same anxiety. The same fear. The same doubt. The same arguments. The same anger. Today would be a good, good day to be changed by the Holy Spirit. Stand with me. I'm done talking. 
Oh, Jesus. Come on, let's just welcome Holy Spirit again. Welcome him again. Welcome Holy Spirit. Welcome Holy Spirit. Welcome Holy Spirit. I want some of my spirit life team, my spirit life team to come and stand here. These people spent a lot of time preparing themselves to pray with you. And I trust them. Here's the, here's the deal. Whatever you tell them, they're not going to run up and tell me. Whatever prayer you need, they're ready to pray with you. They'll wear their mask and you can wear yours. But if you've got struggle in your life and you want prayer, somebody will pray with you. Jesus, bring us communion. Uh, thanks, bro. I just need one. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Hope you guys brought your communion with you. If not, they'll bring you some. Hugs Ministry, would you make sure Spirit Life Team all has their communion as well? Yeah, all my Spirit Life Team, make sure they. Okay. So the Bible says, by his wounds we are healed. And we immediately think that by his wounds we are healed means that if you're sick physically, you realize that the greatest sickness in our world is not physical illness. People were dying on the inside a long time before we had any pandemics going around. And some of you are here today And you're saying enough. Anybody saying that? Enough. I want you to be ready to receive this bread, the body of Christ. But when you do it, I want you to have a fresh revelation that the Lord would like to heal you. He wants to heal you. He wants to heal you on the inside. Heal me, O oh Lord, and I will be healed your wounds. And, and when you take this, it's not like I take this, it's like a fancy pill and I take it and suddenly I don't have it. No. How many know healing is a journey? Right? I'm looking at some people and I've seen your journeys. It's a journey. It's a journey. It's a journey. Amen. Anybody over here say healing is a journey? Anybody say? But it's a journey you need to go on. It'll change your life. It'll give you a testimony. By His wounds, I am healed, the bread of Christ. He gave it to you and said, take this and eat it and remember me. Receive it. And the cup, this cup is my blood poured out for you. Take it and drink it. My blood, the blood of the new covenant, the removal of all of your sin, the inability for the enemy to attack you the way he has in the past. Because you are covered in the blood of Jesus. He said, take this, my blood, the blood of the new covenant, and drink it and remember me. Now, join me, join me. Close your eyes for a moment. Close your eyes. Close your eyes, because sometimes you can hear better with your eyes closed. And let me call upon you. There are those of you today, and you would say, Pastor Rick... I got to get, get self under control. 
I'm, I'm done with the plague. I'm done with it. I got to get self under control. I need Holy Spirit to work in my life like he's never worked in my life before. I need to get myself under control. There's some stuff in my life, in my past that I need to deal with as well, perhaps. Or maybe you're struggling with your family and you're like prayer. I want to give you this opportunity. I'm not begging you to come up front. I'm just saying many people need to and never do. So I just, in the name of Jesus, we just capture everyone's attention now. Those of you that might be struggling, that might need prayer, here's your first step. Just wave at me. Just wave at me. Just wave at me and say, Pastor Rick, I need some prayer today. Yes. Yes. That's tough, isn't it? As they're singing, I'd like for you to start moving to the front. And you can pick whoever you want to pray for you, okay? These individuals will pray for you, pray with you. Come on, bro. Come on. All of my Spirit Life team members, I need all of you up here. Every Spirit Life team member I can get. And Hugs Ministry, uh, excuse me, Living Waters team members, come and join us as well. Hey, darling. Hey. Yes. You got more room. Come over here, brother. Over here. Right here. Sophia, right there. Right here. Yeah, come right here. Both of you, come right in there. I'll be right back to you. Sydney, you may need to help. Right down here. Look at me. Wave at me. Wave at me if you're still back there. I love you so much. Right down here, Sydney. I love you all so dearly. I want your lives filled and changed and restored. I want you to be blessed. Yeah, come on, Penn, help us out if you can. I've got people right here as well. Jesus, Jesus. Jesus. Can I pray for you? Just, just right where you are, all of you. Father, I bless these who have come in the door. These who have come to church today, I bless them. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would, by your Spirit, engage them in fresh ways. That they would know you as they have never known you before. Father, I pray for those that are in this room. That though they have heard your word, they're still in great struggle. And they may not have been able to come and pray. Or they may not be ready to confess. But they're ready for you to do the next step. I bless them, dear Lord Jesus. And I come against the enemy for all that he has tried to do to destroy them, to break them. I come against him. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask that you would bless this community. Those online, I love you online. I bless you and I call you to healing. I call you to a new understanding of how Holy Spirit wants to help you and heal you in your life. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you and give you peace. We're going to continue to sing. If you want to pray, 
You continue to pray. Tim, you might need to join the Spirit Life team today. God is doing some good works all around here. We give praise to the Lord. God bless you all. You be dismissed when you choose. We have some children that will be in the front yard in a few moments. God bless you all. Brother, brother.